Hello, everyone. We have a new episode of Dating Over 30 Sucks. So we're going to have libations. Well, I'm having libations and conversations about situations. I have my guest, Gabrielle, here with me today. How are you doing, Gabrielle? I'm doing great, Shanice. How are you? I'm doing so good. You are officially my first virtual guest. You're my first virtual guest. So, you know, normally I have people come to me or I go to them, but I was so pressed, like press press to have you on. (laughs) I was like, I will do it however it makes sense, but flying was not an option. (laughs) So I said, I'm going to figure out this virtual thing. So I'm so glad that you are my first virtual guest. It sounds great. And I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So we're, look, we're going to jump right on in. Do you remember how we first met? I always like to ask this question, I guess. You remember how we first met? I don't remember how we first met personally. I would venture to guess that my first time seeing you was probably at a football game. Expressing your school spirit (laughs) near me. That sounds about right. Yes. And, and, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, I always thought maybe we were in an organization together, but I was like, I don't think so. I think it was just game day experience or on the yard. I feel like, you know, everyone kind of meets each other like that. And you're just so cool. And I, you know, I'll be talking to everybody and I love meeting everybody. So I was like, I think that's how we met was just, just being out there. I think so. Yeah. You know, I've never seen you meet a stranger. So you know, you, you I bring great energy. So I just don't know any. <laughs> but look, we're gonna jump right on in, and I'm gonna start with my very first question: Is why do you think dating over thirty sucks? Well, I think it's interesting because it's sort of like we've entered into this place as a culture. I don't mean to get deep, y'all. Sort of, mm-hmm. but we've entered into this place as a culture where like the timelines in which we do everything is kind of thrown off, right? Like we're kind mm-hmm. of in this like readjustment period. And it's sort of like once upon a time, people got married in their twenties, which spoiler alert, I did and I'm now divorced. Yes. So we'll <laughs> talk more about that. You know, once upon a time, people got married in their twenties and started having children. And that was sort of how that went. And now we've sort of shifted for a variety of social and economic reasons to people tending to do that in their 30s and spending their 20s dating a lot of people and not, I mean, a lot of people, but dating people and meeting people and meeting people and, and sort of what that looks like. So I think there's this really weird dichotomy of me sort of being in my 30s, I'm 34, being divorced and kind of dating for the first time but a lot of other people are out here still dating too so it's not like i'm alone and everyone's married but it's like everybody else is a pro and yeah. i'm like what like i never thought of myself as like naive or over trusting but it, it's sort of this experience has definitely showed me that and i think it's interesting that we as millennials i think have these desires and goals that we have that some of us are in various stages of reaching or not reaching mm-hmm. and And that same thing applies to relationships. Like, you know, there's this whole movement around like who wants to be married and who doesn't want to be married. Is that important to me right now? Or am I just hanging out and chilling? And so sort of like being able to read all those signals and signs and understand that kind of sucks. As opposed to like when you're 15 (laughs) and it's like the goal is like go together, get the prom, hang out at the mall. Yeah. Ooh, that mall was, I was such a mall rat in middle school, high school. I was always at the mall. Ain't buying nothing. Yes. 
it's very like the direction is really clear but in your 30s it's like you could go in any direction what is that and then i've added an extra layer onto that having been married before so oh it's funny you mentioned um you know kind of being new to the scene what thought what came to my mind was like being a soldier in the trenches you know like mm -hmm. Someone like me, I've been in the trenches. I think the actually most of the time you were married, I was always single and mm -hmm. I would always be around because, you know, I'm close with Savin and Amanda. So I would always kind of be in the mix sometimes, especially when they got married and, you know, we uh -huh. have so many mutual friends, but I was always kind of the single one <laughs> to show up. Uh, but of course, you guys never made me feel, you know, left out mm -hmm. because we've all known each other for so long. But it made me think of like being in the trenches because I'm like, yeah, I've been in this thing like decades single. And it's like being in the trenches as a soldier. And then like the new brigade comes in and you're like, hey, we're going to fight this war. Let's just go. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> we're all beaten up and battered, like whatever. So, yes, it that was the visual that came to mind when you gave that reference because your excitement even when we first talked about this your excitement and and like you said and we'll get deeper into it i'm just like oh i love it i, I love that you're so enthusiastic it's trash. but let's can we get let's go ahead and jump right into that yeah. you know you 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 mentioned that you're divorced i know you're fairly are you fairly newly i think it's t technically fairly newly Ooh. divorced uh, that's that's another question like what does that mean i've been divorced since september of 2020 if you could imagine getting okay. divorced going through a divorce in the beginning of 2020 during the period where we're all locked down and alone it was a very interesting experience to go from being with someone all the time for pretty much my entire adult life to being mm -hmm. all alone and like working through that so that was a very interesting experience so i've been divorced about two years now in my mind like that's a short time because we yeah. and this person were together for almost 15 years. Oh, but in other you guys were together for 15? Almost, yeah. We were together since um I was 18, so and got a divorce. <laughs> so I so don't long. think I knew it was that long. I don't think I knew it was that long. That's crazy. Okay. Yes. So a long time. So I think for other people, like it, that's probably been a while, you know, a lot of people who are in relationships that are uh, about that old, which I'm in a relationship that's reaching about that old, are like thinking about getting married at that point where in my mind, I'm like, but I've only been unmarried for five years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, like you said, you know, that to me, because you guys were together for so long, it is kind of like, yeah, I guess it's, it's still fairly new. Um, and even with that transition, like you said, doing that during the pandemic where technically we're all supposed to be kind of locked down and we're all like searching for ourselves. How was that transitioning? Like just doing things, I don't want to say alone. Cause that always sounds so bad, but how was it doing things unpartnered? It was rough. Like I'm going to be honest. And I don't even know that it was so much about being just unpartnered, but that like I was very by myself. I had moved mm -hmm. to a new city. You know, me and my ex-husband were moving to a new city because I had taken a new job right before our marriage really started gotten to the point, getting to the point where we decided we were going to separate. So it was sort of like I was alone in this new city without any friends or family. And then we went into lockdown, right? So now I'm not even going to work and socializing with my colleagues every day. It's sort of like me by myself on Zoom taking walks. So like I will say, like, as a person who cared 
still cares a lot about my ex-husband, but was very much in love with him. And we had a very deep bond and friendship that we still have to this day on some level that people think is weird. Um, but to, to sort of lose that um, and to lose that sense of, of being with someone and doing life with someone, which I sort of went, you know, almost straight from my parents' house to a house with this person. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting experience to, to go through that and to have that experience of really like being alone for the first time and almost like, what do I do? I only have to do what I want to do or what I yeah. do. like. There's nobody else's needs for me to serve. And I definitely have um, the sense of where I get like validation out of helping others and serving others needs. So it was really hard in that way and definitely the hardest thing I've ever been through. In one way, in another way though, it was a blessing because I didn't have to talk to anybody about it. I didn't have to look at my, I didn't have to look at my coworkers making like <laughs> weird faces at me, like what's wrong or like knowing what was going on and being like, oh, I'm so sad for you, but I don't know how to respond to that. I didn't have to deal with family and friends who have that same sort of reaction where they're like, they want to love you and support you, but they don't know quite what how? to do or what to say or how much to ask. Yeah. So, it, it is, you know, bad. you know, and it's really interesting you say that because that has been one of the tough things. I've even joked about it, about like with homecoming and you, you know, you see friends and you're like, oh my God, hey, how you doing? You do the, as I like to call it, the 15 minute catch up, right? Like we're, we're kind of moving. You want to mm-hmm. catch up, you have a conversation, but you don't have much time. And you're like, oh my God, how's everything? Going? Oh my gosh, how's the husband and the kids? Like, I'm divorced. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, oh. I'm know. sorry. Like I remember one time saying that at home. I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that." They was like, "I'm not. I'm glad." <laughs> I'm like, new topic. Like I'm just like, <laughs> it, it is a very hard thing as a friend when you hear that. It's like, do you reach out? Don't you reach out? Do you say I'm sorry to hear about your divorce? You know, I had a friend who got divorced, and I was glad. I was like, he was trash. Like I knew that nigga wasn't gonna work. Like you know, so like. Good, you know, <laughs> it's it's such a awkward. It is really a hard thing to talk about. Like, how mm-hmm. do you? What do it's like? What do you say? You know, and I think I feel like a lot of people, for the most part, I'm always like, well, I'm just gonna be friends with everybody. <laughs> like, I don't mm-hmm. want no waves. So it's like, yeah, how do how do you do you tell people? Like, how does that even work? Yeah, I mean, we told people we didn't make some sort of big public announcement, but you know, our our sort of, our, I think our closest circle of friends kind of knew as things were coming apart. His probably a little more so than mine because he's better at opening up to people than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert for why these things didn't work. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, we did tell our parents. So like I, you know, I asked him very specifically, did he want to tell my parents himself? Did he want us to do it together? Um, or did he want me to just do it? Which I imagine most people probably don't do that. People be like, you're crazy. Why are you giving him options? Um, but wow. you know, I felt like in our case, you know, we had been together since we were so young. You know, my parents had been his parents since yeah. he was 19 years old and he had his own relationship with them that was going to continue in some way Yeah, beyond that. Um, I think, you know, it's just such a tough situation for people to be in and not, not even talking about the, the divorcing people, but the family and friends supporting them. And there's just no right answer. I yeah. say, like, 
I don't know what the right thing to say is, but I know that I care about you and I'm here for you. So if you want me to say more, I will. If you want me to talk junk about him or her, <laughs> make you feel better in this room, I will do that. Like whatever it is that we need to do. I'm I'm that girlfriend. I'm always down to talk trash about him. I don't even care if that's my friend. I'm like, his feet stink and I always say he was crazy and the way his head look, you should have been with him anyway. So y'all would have some funny looking kids. Like I am always down to trash talk and be that supportive. <laughs> But I will say specifically with you and your ex, um, because, you know, uh, like I said, I've known them. We've known each other since college. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to hang out. He, I think he lived in the same building as my other friends. So we, like I said, when I say we have a lot of friends in common, yes. <laughs> like we have a lot of friends in common. Like we've been at friends' weddings together. Yes. <laughs> That's how many Ooh. friends we have in common. And um I think two weddings together, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. At least two. <laughs> so, like, we really do rock with each mm-hmm. other, like, the long way. Um, and I remember, you know, finding out, I kind of, similar, I kind of, un- I was like, I don't think they're together anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is a That's thing. what happens is people start looking at social media and they're like, doesn't seem like they're in the same place doing yeah. the same things anymore. Right. Especially because like I was seeing yours. I saw y'all had moved in the course of the pandemic. And then once stuff started to open, well, because you were in, I think you were in a state that opened up way before everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, in the forever yeah. lockdown state. <laughs> y'all say it was like, we got six weeks and look, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> so you were going out and I saw you traveling and I was like, I think this is, I, I don't think they're together anymore, but I think what also helps with friend groups is when you find out they're, it's a mutual thing. Everyone's being amicable. Nobody's being nasty towards each other. Um, I think that's what also made it easier. Even when I reached out about this, I was like, well, they seem to be in a good space. I've even yeah. seen them in pictures together. So I guess it's all good. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Like, you guys are still pretty cool. Yeah, we are still very cool. We still text most days, honestly. So we're still very tight. Um, but, and I think for a lot of people who have not been in that situation or people who have gone a more conventional dating route, like it's very hard to understand that and to mm. not, and for to believe that that can exist without the romantic feelings existing. Um, Ooh, okay. and, it's, and it's and that's really just not the case for the two of us so like we have just been together we were together for so long we were such close friends and you know I think I've learned from watching my parents and other elders that like everybody doesn't get a friendship with their relationship and you don't have to have a friendship necessarily to be happy and fulfilled in your relationship but like me and this person were friends we, there were interests that we shared there were things oh. that we talked about that we shared only with each other and even in severing our romantic relationship, it became really hard to just cut that off. Um, so for us, you know, the we like to talk about sports and there aren't a lot, maybe there aren't a lot of other people around for us to talk about that with. Or um, the other thing I think is um, so interesting about dating for the first time now versus in the past is I'm used to having someone who knows my entire world. You know, like imagine yeah. knowing somebody who's not your sibling who pretty much knows almost every event that's ever happened in your life, ever. So like, there's no person I can't name that this person doesn't know. There's no thing that happened to me when I was five or seven that this person doesn't know. And when you're just um, chatting or even looking for somebody to give you advice or thoughts about something, not having to fill in those gaps 
is like a major advantage that, you know, you don't have outside of that situation. And I think for us, you know, our romantic relationship never quite developed the way that I think it should have as a mature adult relationship was kind of like we started young and that relationship kind of stayed in the same place. Um, And so I think, you know, most of the time when people are divorced, there's usually one big event or something that, that catalyzes that. And that was certainly the case in our relationship. But most of it unfolds slowly over time, right? It's like people are doing little yeah. things to each other every day slowly over time. So sort of like by the time that we got to the end, like the romantic relationship was really almost gone by that point mm. already. Like, you know, anything that was left of it was us trying to like save the whole relationship and trying to build that back up and flex that muscle. So it really wasn't that difficult at all in the grand scheme of things for us to, to very quickly separate that out. And, you know, we're both dating other people and the person that that he's dating has even spent some time around me. And, you know, her reaction immediately was like, oh, y'all are clearly like just friends. I don't know how y'all did that. It's weird, but y'all are like friends, friends. Y'all aren't like hiding some sort of tension or desire under the surface, which is what (laughs) I think most people are doing. When most people say they're friends, what they mean is like, I want to be, I like that person, but that doesn't work out. And we still have those feelings for each other as opposed to those feelings not being there. Or I like to say hanging out in the wings, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's some people Mm -hmm. that like, like I always find it funny because your situation, similar to what you're describing is like with my best friend who is a guy and There are people who legit would just be like, so I don't like y'all always be together. And I'm like, if you know us for real, you'll know, like, they are friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like if the outside looking in, it does seem a little weird or it's like, okay, they're ridiculously close. But it literally is like anyone who's ever sat with us for more than five minutes will be like, yeah. When I say, you know, people used to always do that joke like, oh, you say that's your brother. But, you know, if the right time came, we I did this experiment with him where I was actually on the drinks and discussion podcast, we were joking about how guys and and women, women and men Mm -hmm. can have, you can have an amicable friendship without Mm -hmm. sex being involved. And they were like, I guarantee you you can reach out to three guys that you know and tell them you're trying to do it. And they're, they're going to do it because like they, they're open for the opportunity. No, they said one guy, one, one of your best guy friends. And I said, I'll do three. And I reached out to three friends of mine. uh, I think two of them were single. And it was so funny. I told them, I said, this is my best friend who y'all think I would really be with. I said, I'm going to text him. And I said, not only is he going to probably ask me if I'm drunk, (laughs) but he's going to call me because he's going to make sure I'm okay (laughs) because he's going to be concerned. And literally like clockwork, it happened. (laughs) And I'm like, I told them, I was like, look, the first text message was, are you okay? Where are you? Are you drunk? Uh And I, I told him, I said, within the next 30 minutes, he's going to call me. And we're sitting, we're talking. Literally, I think it was like 22 minutes later, boom, he calls. And I put, I was like, I put him on speaker so y'all can hear. He's like, hey, are you okay? I'm just calling to make sure you're good. Da, 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 da. And, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Got off the phone. And I told them, I said, men and women can have friendships that are deep and strong bonds and not have sexual ties you can coexist we can coexist as friends you it doesn't have to be tied to sex and I think it's even more admirable to have this conversation because I'm like now I can even prove you can be married (laughs) and be with this person and still be you know divorced and still be friends 
And how, I mean, how has like friends and, and family even taken that? Like the fact that you guys are able to have such a strong friendship. Um, It's good. You know, I think it, what's hard for people is it, you know, I think that when you have that sort of friendship, people are worried that you're like mixing the messages for each other. And we're not mm. doing that for each other. But I think for our friends and family, like that can be a bit of a struggle and not even so much in them like having hope that our romantic relationship is going to come back or we're going to get back together but them sort of like not knowing what to do with mm. our relationship with each other so like for instance like my family or his family might include one or the other of us on the family group text uh, and they're like okay. and they're like not sure like well i we i'm still you know we still like Devin, and i can still talk to my you know i still like my ex-husband and we still talk to him and we still like his ex-wife and we still talk to her and they're still family but it's like um you know, what is appropriate to share with them and what's not appropriate to share with them. Um, yeah. You know, we still have a habit of of calling each other's parents or sending each other's parents cards on birthdays, anniversaries, things oh, like that. Like, I think that yeah. stuff will probably go on forever. <clears throat> so I think for, for them, it can be a little difficult to know sort of like what to say and what not to say. Yeah. Not even so much um, that they're thinking we're going to get back together or anything like that. But I do think it makes it easier for everyone because then they don't have to deal with this animosity toward each other. And especially, you know, where we have mutual friend circles that overlap, it doesn't have to be that now everybody has to pick a side yeah. in one way or another. You know, I do think that there's a certain degree to, and I think this was especially interesting for us because we've, we've been together for so long. There, there are things that like I've decided that like I'm going to give up that are things that we would do together with mm. family or friends, you know, that, that I could in theory still, so like in theory, I could still show up to our usual homecoming tailgate. Like, yeah. Them, right. But I'm probably going to give that up. Right. Like, yeah. even though in some sense, these are our mutual friends because we've all been friends for so long. Like you brought these people to my life. So like, I'm going to give that up to you. Now, my dad, he's not going to give that up. So my okay. dad's going to be at the homecoming <laughs> tailgate, the normal one. And I don't know what you, you're going to have to prep your girlfriend for that. that my dad is probably going to be it's there. Gonna be there. Like, I won't be there, but I'll, but he will. <laughs> yeah. And it just is what it, <laughs> and it is. It is, is what it is. Right. So, you know, now that you, you know, you have such a great relationship with your ex and, you know, like you said, you, you are, you are done. You are, you're legally free, if you will. How is it really dating nowadays? Like how, how has dating been for you as you've experienced it? And, and I'm curious, have you even gotten into like apps or what have you been doing as it pertains to dating, your dating life? Dating has been endlessly fascinating for me. To me, it's mm. like being in a documentary or a reality show that I'm like, oh, this is really happening right now. Right? Okay. And I think that I get the benefit of having that attitude about it because I didn't have to go on the same date a hundred times and hear the same things a hundred mm. times and have feel like I have this connection to have people disconnect from me a hundred times. So like, it doesn't feel quite the same. I was an app dater. Um, I found that, um, I don't know, this has always kind of been the case for me. Like no one really approaches me in real world of real life. I think part of that has to do mm. with online dating as a trend. You know, like if you're a guy, especially the way that we tend to date in Western culture, if you're a guy, you have to put yourself out there. Like, why would I put myself out there for a cold lead when I could go on an app and put myself out there for a warm lead, right? Like that yeah. makes logical sense to me. So I was definitely an app user. Um, I started dating, like we were still in lockdown. There weren't even things open. So like yeah. that was a very interesting way to date. So like I was like meeting people in parks. 
author, like we can go to the Sonic. Yeah. Sonic is always (laughs) (laughs) or things like that. Like so it was very interesting to sort of like number one, deal with the layer of like in addition to the sort of questions that other people interrogate people about as they're getting intimate, you know, and getting to know one another, it's like, well, what is your, what has been your level of COVID exposure? Like, have you been back? Like, you know, I've heard oh my God. Like, have you that was like a thing. Who do you like? Who do you live with? Who do you work with? Like, what do they do? Like, how much exposure do you have for the real world before we even decide if we're gonna meet? If I'm, I you know, totally forgot about that. <laughs> I totally just <laughs> forgot about like. You're right. It was very much so like, wait, who do you live with? Who are you around? I need you to be. So- we were like super car. You- it's because I I tried to date a little bit during lockdown, but it was that I was like, OK, uh-huh. it's too risky. It was just too risky. <laughs> so I did not in 2020 and probably I didn't actually go on a date until August of 2021. Mm-hmm. Last August was the first time I had went on a date since uh, since COVID and the pandemic and lockdown. So, yeah, that's I totally forgot about like the precautions you had to take. <laughs> so, so, like, um, so like that was an interesting layer to add on to regular interrogating of people and sort of deciding to get comfortable with that. And like, how do you how I'm curious, how did you feel about this whole new dating world right because if i we think about it if you started dating in college you were 18 right we didn't have dating apps and we also were in um a pool of men like you know our school i'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. obviously the ratio was in the guy's favor but there were a lot of beautiful men we went to school with and the exposure of men it's just it's kind of constant you know Mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna say that it was I'm not gonna say it was probably easy for you but I do believe in college it is significantly easier to date and even when we were in school that was kind of the dawn of social media like Mm -hmm. I know because I'm so I'm a year ahead of you I know we got we got Facebook on campus my sophomore year Mm -hmm. Twitter didn't come around until maybe my senior year. Mm-hmm. And Instagram, I was in grad school. I remember being mm-hmm. in grad school downloading Instagram on my iPhone 5. <laughs> and, you know, so we were kind of in the dawn of social media. I mean, dating apps wasn't even anything we could comprehend. So dating there, you, you're you in that pool. It's It's not as challenging. But now as an adult, you know, like you said, you know yourself, you know what you're looking for in the pandemic. Um, but dating apps are, there's a million of those out. How was that just feeling like, okay, I'm jumping into this and this is truly new water that I've never really done or dealt with? The most difficult thing for me was like, and this is going to sound crazy to people, was like, how do I know if I like this person? Like, how do I even know if I want to swipe right on this person, right? Like, for mm-hmm. me... In the past, when I was younger, meeting people that I may or may not be interested in, like, I got to meet them as a whole person. And I don't even just mean in person. I mean, like, you have some sort of reputation that's probably come with you that I know about. Yeah. I might even know what your major is and what your interests are or who your friends are. Like, I've heard you say something funny before or something not funny before. And for me, like, who somebody is as a person, their personality traits, they're so much a part of, like, if I'm attracted to that person. So honestly, I would spend a lot of time looking at these pictures like, 
I don't even know how cute I think he's this person is. Like, <laughs> oh wow. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, mm, I don't know. And so it was really hard for me to discern that, like sort of just from a picture and a few words. Um, like that was very difficult for me. I never thought about that because I've been just on these apps so much. And it's just like either you cute, you're not cute, how tall are you? What's your A? Like it's so there are times when I could just sit there and swipe the way I do, like on Instagram, like it's just so close, but it's very interesting to have that perspective of like, how do you, because you're so used to having been able to judge and physically meet these people, like you said, it's like, cause I've been, I've been height fished. I've been height fished <laughs> where they, oh yeah, you know, I'm six two. And I'm like, so why are you the shortest person in your group? Are all your friends seven foot? Like, I have been height fished. Um, yeah, I'm like, what's your energy? Like, I can't feel your yeah. energy. It's not even so much like the end, because I'm I'm a very digital person. You know, I, everybody else is like, I'm ready to go back to work. And I'm like, why? Zoom is fine. We can yeah. everything. But like, I can't get your energy just with your picture and a few words, if you even put them there. So I, yeah. so I immediately started with like, okay, if you didn't write anything about yourself, I'm not going to swipe on you unless like, you know. Idris Elba, Michael B. Jordan, special exception. Listen, but like, if, you if you didn't put anything on there, I'm not going to swipe on you. And then it also became really interesting, sort of like learning what sort of people would be attracted to me. It got to the point where I could be like, this person, when, when I swipe, it's going to be a match. And it, and it was like almost every time. Okay. I'm going to let you take over my apps then. Uh, <laughs> that's very interesting. Because I think because I do it so nonchalant and just, I don't, I don't even take into consideration some of those factors. But I think it's also because I'm jaded. I've been mm -hmm. doing it for, I think the first app I got on, um, I was like 20, maybe 27-ish. Uh -huh. The first app I got on. So I've been on and off doing dating apps for almost a decade. So I'm just jaded. Like uh -huh. some of the stuff you're saying, I'm just like, I ain't even thinking uh -huh. that. Like, <laughs> I don't even say now that. I will say like, it is addictive. Like the tactile sensation of just going back and forth is addictive. And especially yeah. when I like was literally alone and had nothing to do. Like I would just be up doing that because it's, yeah. <laughs> so have you actually started? I mean, now that I would I would say we're in a post-COVID world, but I don't think we're ever gonna get out of it. Um, now that you know, obviously everybody's outside, have you actually been dating, like dating in person and, and meeting someone? I well, are you you're dating someone right now, right? I am dating someone, okay. yeah. So during my pan post-pandemic or lockdown dating journey that that trickled out into the real world. I met somebody and started dating them. Well, I dated a couple different people, but the person that yes, I'm dating, yeah, I, I am which is also date very cool. All of them, yeah, very cool and good for me. But um, the per I ended up uh, started dating somebody um, um, right maybe a month or so after I got divorced. We kind of initially started dating, and mm. we've just been dating ever since. So <laughs> nice. Oh, you was like, look, the the doll is moving. You're like, I'm putting <laughs> this thing going. But I love that because also the thing is like, you are so young, like, you know, you're still young and I know y'all can't see Gabby, but you know, Gabrielle is beautiful, like <laughs> social Thank media. You. Cause I'm gonna tell you, you be doing that. Um, I've seen you and another one of my friends who we went to school with do the, um, like some of the dance aerobics and yes. I have a friend who does the pole dance aerobics. I did pole dancing one time. 
And I was like, I do not, I have so much respect for strippers because that stuff <laughs> is not, pole dancing is not easy. <laughs> a lot of upper body work. <laughs> it is so much upper body work. Um, but one of my good friends, she does it and it looks so dope and I really want to get into it. Um, but I've seen you, you know, you're out there dancing and back in the gym and everything. And so I'm just like, I love that you're out there and you're dating. And, you know, I think it's got to be very interesting. You know, if you want to divulge, it's got to be also interesting being intimate with someone new. That was crazy. And it like it built surreal for a very long time because it's sort yeah. of like my entire frame of reference was one person. Right. Like, yeah. And. And I think everybody thinks about sort of big things that people like when they're throwing shade or not throwing shade, like to criticize or praise people about in like their sexual performance or behavior. But I don't think people think about little things just like, like you and this person, you and this person's height relate to each other in a certain way. Oh, and that's absolutely. Right. <laughs> and so it's like when you've only been with this person and you're used to being able to, to move in the way that you move because of the way that your, your physical bodies relate to each other, like that's different like yeah um, you know people's desire levels is different you know people's styles is different and like it was extremely surreal to be like i i was just like was just like the rhythm of this doesn't make sense to me because i'm not so it's not because this person's doing everything wrong it's like <laughs> i'm used to this one thing and it just kind of doesn't make sense that has got to be anytime i think about people who've been in you know relationships with one person for so long and I'm not trying to sound like super perverted but it's like that's one thing I always think about is like not only as we talked about uh beforehand about you know you being divorced and, and dating and everything I was like but she's only fucked one person for like like a decade <laughs> how does that work because I am a creature of habit I one of the biggest fears I have of the idea of being married, and I, I think I saw like a, a, a video clip of Drake saying this, which is like, I have my habits. I like my things where they are. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm a creature of habit and I do certain things a certain way. And I don't know how I feel about bringing people into that. I can't imagine having this person who is like, when it comes to sex, this is what we do. We've done it for so long. Are we he knows I know they know however your pronouns are mm -hmm. um and then all of a sudden being not only in this world of dating but being intimate like that's a part of who we are as people sex is a part of who we are and then mm -hmm. being like oh my god I'm gonna have sex with someone different who's taller skinnier thicker shorter like and now I've done something with someone for so long and I have to do this new th this same thing I want to be pleased with someone else who I've never had sex with. <laughs> like that has got to be, I would be so in my head. I would have to be completely wasted. I would be so in my head. I don't know if I would enjoy that. <laughs> it was just surreal to me, I think, to have the different experiences. It's almost like an out-of-body experience watching, you know, watching yourself with another person almost. It's just, it's, it's weird. Can't even describe how weird it is. And I think the other thing is that, you know, having been with one person so long, like, the body of not, like I, you don't know what you don't know like there's so many oh. unknowns so it also like gave me the opportunity I've learned so much more about myself you know even though I was very satisfied with the intimate, intimate life that we had together mostly but you don't know what you don't know right so it's yeah. like you're moving so in a different way <laughs> right right 
and they're fat and it's fascinating to me like you know in my mind the schema of a penis was what I was accustomed to a penis looking like and then I go like oh like actually this thing that I thought was typical is not typical of penises at all like you know things yeah, like really, that like, I would love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> but not in like again not in a perverted way but I would love to just be a fly on the wall because I can only imagine seeing a for the at least I wouldn't say for the first time but like to be in that situation and be like, okay, this is different. Like, I would just be like, this is amazing. (laughs) That has got to be the, I'll be audibly. I don't know. I guess as a guy, I don't know if they give a shit if you say it audibly, but like, wow. I, I, I have seen the array of penises and it's so funny because even for me, I'm like, you got your general moves. And then you, you know, as you get older, you kind of mold it to that person. Right. Um, You know, and I think guys do the same thing. You know, you, it's like, I got my basics. And then of course, you know, each person's different. You, you move and form, but I guess you never really have had to do that. Right. It was sort of like, we were just figuring it out together. Like, you know, we were discovering sex as an act almost together. Both of us, I don't want to out him. I might as well. Both of us only had one partner before we ever were with each other. And I'd only been with one partner one time before I got, before I started dating my ex-husband and we started being intimate when we were younger. So like, it's very much like this person is speaking Greek and I'm trying to understand what it is that they're saying. Yeah. Cause you know, it's funny. Um, in, in in other episodes and in a lot of the conversation that I have, I, I always love to talk a little bit about everything, but that was always one of them, which is, you know, when it comes to sex and being intimate with somebody, you know, I, I always tell people, I would never tell anyone my number because I've, I've been sexually active since I was 18 years old. I've never been with any just one person or, you know, like you said, being married or, or in a relationship so young where, I didn't get to explore that. So in college, I got to explore that. In grad school, I lost my damn mind and was exploring. I was exploring like I was Dora. Um, <laughs> so I I really was able to have so many of those different experiences, good, bad, and everything in between. It is very interesting to to be to hear this because I'm like, that's got to be such an interesting thing to go through now, especially in your thirties. Um, when, you know, the body is not the same and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you may get a little, I always tell people, I always got a glass of water beside me. Cause I'm not about to pull a muscle, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't date younger guys. You know, mm-hmm. I always, I'm like, I, I want an older guy who's a little tired. Like I don't need <laughs> Listen, in college and afterwards, like, I don't need no young 20 something who's like, I'm ready to go anytime, any place, 24 hours a day. Like, absolutely not. I need you to fall asleep at 2 a.m. I don't need you to be like, I just, I'm just getting started at 2 a.m. I need you to be going to sleep, brother. Like, so it, it is very, it's very interesting to hear, um, to, for you to go through this. I will say that. Do you believe you, do you understand like the, um, the concept of like a hoe phase? Do you feel like you did that or? Oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> you did? Oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that. I, I'm glad and, that, and that looks different for every person you know yeah. like, I think that people will say that and people will talk about how that looks different for every person but mm-hmm. you know for me I'd literally never dated anyone else ever so like so for me to to spend you know a year or so you know even dating you know what like seven or eight people over the course of that year some 
some more seriously, some casually, you know, one I'm still in, connected with and we're still together. But, you know, even that number for me was like bonkers, right? It's like, what the heck? Like compared to having only dated one or two people before, like yeah. that's crazy. And I think the other thing that's interesting for me and my unique experience was like deciding when was the right time for intimacy, right? Because Ooh. as I was coming into this, you know, in my teenage years, you know, I very much made a concerted decision about when I wanted to what? have physical intimacy based on the fact that like I'm 18 and I had a teenage mom and I'm not going to be a teenage mom. So the decisions oh, I made okay. around that are going to be different, right? Yeah. And so like a relationship had to sort of get to this very high level before, you know, I got to that place, which is how I ended up with, you know, uh, one partner who was a, a boyfriend that I did in high school. And then my, what became my husband, now ex-husband. So it's sort of like, as an adult, I'm like, well, what is my threshold? Like I had to spend a lot of time Ooh. thinking about that. Like, which, you know, what is it that I want to get out of an intimate relationship with somebody? And when do what I decide that like this, like? Yeah. Yeah. like, when do I decide that we're at that space and that like, I'm comfortable and that person's comfortable? Like, how is that going to work? That was a whole new thing to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> Because like you said, I would think even being in that situation, the idea of even like casual sex, like what does casual look like? You know, what is casual dating? What is casual sex or intimacy? Um, because, I, you know, societally, we know what that may mean. But society for me, a single woman forever, <laughs> looks so much different from someone like you said, who has only been with, you know, this one person. You guys were married for so long. so. I definitely feel you. Um, that that's gotta be very interesting. But so, so my next question is, you know, how, how are you feeling in this new season, this new newness, you know, you're, you're dating again. Are you guys, do you take it slow? Are you, um, still casually dating? How does, how, um, how is that for you right now? Um, it's going well. And as, as with everything in this phase of my life, it's an interest, it's an interesting experience. I'll say like overall, um, you know, not to go to the place that we always go to, but I am so blessed and like, I'm really having things take off for me in my life ways that I never thought that they would. And, I you know, I, I will say like, it kind of bums me out sometimes that like me and my ex-husband didn't make it, not in that I'm holding on to those romantic feelings, but in that like, yeah. we spent so long in our lives, like planning this life together. And it's sort of like, now I can okay. see some of the things that we wanted to do manifesting themselves and becoming real happening. and it's like and it's like man like you yeah. know like I moved to a new city and it's so cool and I was like you would love this like I don't want you here I don't want you to be here but like yeah. you're missing <laughs> out you would love this so like I mean don't come but I'm just saying right, that you know <laughs> right but I'm just saying like if it had worked out like you would have liked this a lot so there's that sort of level of it um I also you know I know different people have different thoughts and feelings about marriage you know like I'm a believer in marriage like and I believe okay. that despite mine not working that almost any marriage that isn't you know violent or abusive or destructive in that way that if the two people are willing to make it work at the same time that you can work through that I am a believer in that but I also don't feel like I need to be married again right you know like I have mm -hmm. done that I've had that identity you know, I have had all of the quote unquote societal cachet that comes with that, that people think comes with that. Mm -hmm. And so like, for me, that doesn't have to be the destination of the relationship. So now it's like, okay. well, where am I going? Like, what am I doing with this relationship? Right. Because I'm not 
deliberately trying to move it toward a certain point or a certain goal. Okay. I'm trying to just like really enjoy being in the moment and evaluating like, am I enjoying this? Is this working for me? And living in the freedom of, if it's not, I can just opt out, which is not, you know, nice. something that I had done before, you know, before it was yeah. sort of like, we in this together. We gonna yeah, we got to make it work. Yeah. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. We're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> So now it's like on the one hand, like, I'm not sure when we're going, but on the other hand, if I don't like it, I can just get off and get on another bus. <laughs> I can look as someone who I, I've been single for so long. And even when I've dated, I've never, I've never been the big marriage person. Um, you know, my mom was a single parent. My, my grandparents, um, my grandfather passed, you know, my mom was young. So I've I'm as I tell people, I'm third generation single, <laughs> you know, <laughs> strong single black woman. Right. And for me, even though my family, you know, we have my aunts and my uncles, they've been married literally for decades longer than I've been born. Mm-hmm. I've never felt the need to get married. I was never the kid. You know, they're like, oh, you know, dream of your wedding. And I'm like, that was never me. I never mm-hmm. dreamed of what my wedding would look like. I love going to weddings always invite me, but <laughs> that just has never been my, my end goal, um, mm-hmm. with any, anyone I've dated. And so I, I truly enjoy the idea of being in my singledom. Um, I love, I look at women like a Tracy Ellis Ross, a Regina King, an Oprah, where I'm like, I don't mind being partnered with someone mm-hmm. or the other, but I, if I don't want to, or if he, that person doesn't want to, there's always going to be a, a quick exit. You don't, we mm-hmm. don't have to sit here and feel like we have to make it work. Um, and I, I do believe that there may be someone who comes along and changes my mind, mm-hmm. but I, I, I've felt very comfortable in this space. And that was going to be my, 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 my kind of final question, which would be, do you ever, do you see yourself potentially wanting to get married again? Or are you really just comfortable in this space that you're in right now? The way I describe it is like, I'm very open to getting married again. You know, like I said, I believe okay. in marriage, but it's not a requirement for me. It's not a destination that the relationship oh, has okay. to get to. It's interesting for me because if you'd asked my like 15 year old self, my life almost inverted itself, right? Like I was always very high achieving, very career oriented, knew very exactly smart. what I wanted to do. <laughs> and like I'm doing some version of that today, right? So I always assumed that like, I, if I ever got married, it wouldn't be until I was like over 35, right? Because I was going to be focused mm. on building my career and, you know, society and Sex and the City and every book I ever read told me that men aren't interested in that, like, you know, and so I was going to go through that phase and, you know, travel the world and be independent woman and then maybe I would get married at some point. Yeah, and then like the exact, opposite <laughs> the exact opposite happened to me, right? Yeah. Like I met this person, we connected and it just never went away and it became like that we were this couple entity from my entire 20s up until you know two years ago until now and now it's like I'm somewhere else every other week doing whatever it is that I want to do so I think from that perspective you know it's been interesting to watch the journey of the expectations that I had as a young girl sort of flip themselves on its head and for me you know, I don't need for the relationship to end in marriage or culminate in marriage. You know, I do think wow. that for me, I do, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time evaluating, like, what is it that I want and what would like long-term partnership for me look like? And my sort of like lowest barrier is like cohabitation. Like I hey, still not used to it. living alone. 
like I, I need <laughs> I would like on I want on demand access to my partner for both D-O-D physical and time. emotional in, in, intimacy but beyond that I, I you know we can keep property separate we can keep accounts separate you know I don't need any of that to, to feel fulfilled in the relationship. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting that level of commitment. You know, I say to Absolutely. the person that I'm dating now, who his personal stance on marriage is that he's against marriage for a lot of economic reasons. Yes. Understandable. He thinks it's not a good prospect. And so, you know, I say to him that, you know, that's totally fine with me. You know, I can live that life, but I do think that being a wife and being a girlfriend, even a long-term partner or girlfriend is very different. And I, you know, would move differently in those different roles, like the level of of sacrifice that I would make for uh, my partner as their married partner, the level of like consideration that I'm giving to their family, their friend circle, you know, what I'm putting out there and doing and serving for that larger village of people, I think looks a lot different for me as a a wife than it does as a long-term partner. But I don't have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I think that is so... I, I keep saying, I'm like, I need like little sound effects. Like that's just gems. That's just gems. That is such a beautiful way to look at it because I think one thing that's beautiful about the time and space we're in now, and I'm being very specific to black women, is that we are now able to choose the narrative we want. And it doesn't have to always fit into societal norms. I think our grandparents mm-hmm. didn't have that same grace. Uh, and maybe even some of our parents, you know, mm-hmm. especially according to how religious your parents are, they may not have had that same grace to mm-hmm. say, actually, you know what? I, I don't mind just being partnered or I don't mind being single or without kids and everything. I think what's beautiful about where we are now and in, in the beauty of social media is we see so many of these images of women who are successful who are black, who look like us and who are like, look, I am not coupled or I'm not married, but I'm happy. I have a partner. I have this. Um, <clears throat> like you said, marriage is not, it doesn't have to be the end all be all or end all goal. Um, and even men having the autonomy to say, look, I, I want to date and I want to be with somebody long-term, but no, I'm not interested in getting married, legally married mm-hmm. and all that comes with it. I think that's absolutely beautiful that you shared that. So the last question as we close out, would be what advice would you give as your 30-something-year-old self? What advice would you give your 20-something-year-old self? Cool. This is going to sound hard for people, I think, that know me very well. But the advice that I would give to myself is, like, don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't dim your light. Mm. And I think that um, for people who know me very well, they know that I'm I'm quick at the mouth. I'm always like, if there's, I do trivia, if there's something smart to be said, I was the one in, cl- in class with my hand up first and with an A on everything. So people would be like, what are you talking about? You ain't never dimmed your light ever in any way, shape or form in your life. But I think that we all have different like sides and facets to us. Yeah. And for me, I definitely sort of put all of my energy into my intellect and the validation that like the world gave me for being the smart person and the high achieving person. And I think because of that, I let a lot of things about like what I might want or need, like float away from my mind and just was like, if I have this, I'm satisfied. And if everybody's satisfied that I'm helping them do what they're supposed to do, they're satisfied. And I think that that takes the environment or the space when it comes to dating, where it's like, who am I? What do I want? You know, me being on my own was such an interesting experience because I had literally never just 
thought about what I wanted just because I wanted it, not about how good it would or wouldn't be for anyone else. So if I could give some advice to myself, it would be to, to not dim your light and to take a little bit better care of yourself emotionally, because that, that resilience will help you along the way and make some of these triumphs better and struggles less hard. That is so awesome. Cause I was thinking the same thing when you said, I'm like, but you're right. You know, we all, we do have multi, we, you know, we're multifaceted beings and, 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 you know, it, it is very interesting. Cause I would have never thought that, but I can't, uh, I, I don't walk in your shoes, you know, and it's like, I saw you all the time, every moment. So I think that is absolutely beautiful. But Gabrielle, I want to just say thank you so much for for being on the podcast, for for doing this virtually and and making it work. But most importantly, just sharing your insight. I mean, you had there's so many great gems that you share with us. I, I think it's it's going to be outside of our friends who are very excited about hearing this. <laughs> We have some friends, we have mutual friends. I told them, I was yes. like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting back going on the podcast. One of them who's like a faithful listener, like she loves listening. And I told her last, uh, this past weekend, I said, oh yeah, I'm going to have Gabrielle on. And she goes, oh my God, make sure you let me know when that episode airs. <laughs> I have to hear, oh, I can't wait to hear it. So we, we have some mutual friends who are excited about hearing the, the conversation. Um, but I absolutely appreciate you just sharing so much and we can, God, we could totally keep going, but I'm not going to keep holding you. Um, do you, Thank you so any, much for having me? Yeah. I was going to say any final words, anything you want to share? I'm just excited. To have you. Um, no, just, um, out here in the world traveling i love to eat if anybody follows me on instagram they'll know that so if you want to connect in any way if you also have recently gone through a divorce and i look for tips to talk about that you can find me on instagram at gabby n jones and on twitter at gabrielle n jones absolutely and i will definitely make sure i put that in the mm -hmm. show notes so you guys can go right on whether you're on apple spotify or wherever you're listening her information will be on the show notes. Definitely check her out. Cause one thing I love about me, some Miss Gabrielle is she travels similar to me and she's always looking for a good cocktail, something good to mm -hmm. eat. And she will tag it. And I'm the first one to like click on it and screenshot it. So I'm like, okay, I know when I'm in this airport or where I'm traveling here, I need to go get this. Cause I love me a good cocktail and we will definitely be connecting. Cause I'm like, I need to come wherever you are. We need to do cocktails, drinks and, and do more of this. But I, like I said, I absolutely appreciate you being on the show today. Everyone again, this is dating over 30 sucks. We just had, I had a, I had some libations and we had conversations about situations. You can follow the show on Instagram at dating over the number 30 sucks and on Twitter at dating over the number 30 S U X. I just had a great conversation with my girl, Gabrielle. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Everyone have a good one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.